Hi, I'm John Bourgeois, and I'm the RUF campus minister here at Wake. Welcome to Freshman Fellowship. I just want to say this, we say this in everything we do with RUF, that we understand that everyone here is all over the spectrum in terms of faith and belief, and we want you to feel welcome. Regardless if you are convinced Christian or you are a skeptic and you've got serious questions about your faith, we want you to feel free to bring those and all of who you are into this um, because we want you to be able to figure out what it is that you believe and why you believe it for yourself. So last week during Freshman Fellowship, we talked about the story of Scripture and how uh, the Bible presents a unique understanding of human history where it actually calls humans to be responsible actors in the grand story. And this week is we're going to look at Scripture again, but we're going to ask the question, can I trust it? Or why should I trust it? What does it look like to trust an authority when everything in your experience is telling you the opposite? Which is sort of the same question, because that's something we feel, is that a lot of our experience feels different or disconnected or even opposite from the Bible. So what does it look like for us to trust the voice of God in Scripture above all other voices, even when we don't believe it or when we don't like what it has to say? Uh, a friend of mine told me a story about a friend of his, um, and he says that this, this friend of his one time um, woke up in the middle of the night thinking that his whole body was covered in fur. So this friend had been given a prescription from a doctor and uh, one of the possible side effects was hallucination. So he woke up in the middle of the night and rolled over and realized that his body was covering, covered in fur. So he did the logical thing, which was to go into the, take a shower and to shave his fur off. And so he's shaving his fur off in the middle of the night and his wife wakes up. She hears him. She's not sure what he's doing. She goes to the bathroom, checks on him and says, honey, what are you doing? He says, oh, you know, just shaving my fur. And she says, you look the exact same you did when you go to bed, when you went to bed. You don't have any fur on you. And so in this moment, this guy had this crisis of authority. Because every sensory input in his body was telling him that he was covered in fur. His sight, his touch, his feel, it all told him that he had a coat of fur on him and he needed to get it off. But his wife, this voice that, that loved him, that he had grown to trust, that he knew was a rational voice, was telling him the exact opposite. And so he had a crisis of authority. So which, which voice would he listen to? Which would he believe? Which was the most rational choice? Which was the choice that actually had the most integrity with reality? Well, the wife convinced the husband that, um, this is a true story. The wife convinced the husband that he was not, in fact, covered in hair and he needed to go to bed in the morning, call the doctor and get new meds. Listening to a voice that you have grown to trust, even when every external evidence points the other way, is a sign of true integrity. And what we're going to do today is look at Jesus's trust of the Bible when everything in his experience was telling him the opposite. And we'll consider how his trust can actually shape our trust. So I want to read to you from Matthew 27, and this is a story of Jesus's crucifixion. This is Matthew 27, verses 45 through 50. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which is Aramaic, the language that Jesus spoke, which translated is, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
And some of the bystanders, hearing it, said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, Wait, let's see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. From this passage, and from what we know about crucifixion, um, is that Jesus was under an incredible physical crisis. It took three hours for Jesus to die. Prior to this, he was whipped and he was beaten, and then he was nailed hands and feet to the cross, and ultimately he died of, of suffocation. And also we see in this that he faced not just a physical crisis, but a social crisis. He was a social spectacle where people walked by and mocked him. He was hung up naked for people to see him exposed and, um, and mock him and shame him. And also in this, he has a spiritual crisis, physical, social, and spiritual. That in this, he is despairing and he's believing at the same time in this spiritual crisis. Right? He doesn't cry out, my hands, my feet, my head. He cries out, my God, in the midst of his crucifixion. Now, Jesus is the one at his baptism of whom the Father said, this is my beloved Son. And now, here on the cross, he suffers alienation, separation from the Father, as he endures the punishment for the sins of the world. And in his despising prayer, cry, his cry, he utters out by faith. He cries out to his Father from whom he's separated. And in his cry, in this, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, he's He's actually quoting Psalm 22. And it's believed that he has just he, he quoted the whole psalm when he's on the cross. Now, Psalm 22 not just begins with this cry, not only begins with this cry, but in, later in the psalm, it talks about a man who is scorned and despised and mocked, whose hands are pierced and his feet are pierced and whose garments are divided. And then Psalm 22 ends with the psalmist expressing faith in God, that what God is doing through this process will actually result in the praise and the salvation of generations to come. And see, what's happening here is that Psalm 22, and actually all of the Old Testament, were Jesus' guide to his life. That as he read the Bible, which for him was the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit worked in him and confirmed to him his identity that he understood who he was in the world by reading the Bible. And so in his life, when everything was pointing away, when all of his experience was telling him that this was wrong, he trusted what he had read in Scripture to be true about him. The Bible, he trusted above his comfort, his feelings, his friends, his social standing, even his experience of God's presence. He held up the, the Bible as the authority that he trusted. The question for you to consider is how does Jesus' use of Scripture, his use of Scripture at the end of his life, affect your confidence to trust it? Because the question of whether or not you're going to trust the Bible is really a question of whether or not you trust Jesus. If Jesus rose from the dead, then he is who he said he is, and the Bible is telling the truth about the world and about our lives. And Jesus staked his life on it. But if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then all of it's a sham and we can go home. So that's the question for us. How does Jesus' use of scripture at the end of his life affect your ability, your confidence to trust in it?